Hello and welcome. I I don't know what day it is. What day are we? Are we Wednesday? Wednesday today, yeah. I've lost track. The last time I knew what day it was, it was it was Christmas Eve and it's now like the 48th of December, I believe. Um, <laughs> we are, but we're in lockdown, so we're going to bring some joy to the world and tackle probably our most controversial topic yet, I reckon, um, but one that needs to be addressed in what is, I believe, episode four of the Coffee and Compounds podcast with me, Paul Andrews, off of Paul Andrews Fitness and the delightful Summer, um, who Hello. I'll you to introduce herself in a moment. But today's topic, we have tackled um, some, of the, some of the shit that's out there in the fitness industry. Um, the way that the industry typically misleads people for things like financial gain. And what we're actually going to tackle today is some of the pitfalls and challenges with regards to good health and fat loss that are driven by the NHS. Uh, and just to give anyone a caveat, this is not a dig at the NHS. This is more aimed probably at government approach to fat loss in general, but it will become more clear as we get into it. But as I said, controversial topic, one that needs to be discussed. And I cannot wait to dig into this and call out some bollocks and point the finger at some um, some cunts. Fuck it. We're, we're not even like five minutes in and I've dropped it, we're, but that's what we're going at today. We're going to hit some people hard. So uh, before I dig into it too much, I'm going to pass you over and let Summer introduce herself and then we'll dig into this mammoth topic. Yes. So hello, I'm Summer on Instagram at Summer Training. And as Paul's touched on, uh, yeah, we're going to be hitting home today, I think, but it's definitely something that especially this year we can just dispel dispel the myths and make sure that everyone's kind of educated moving forward and as we all have a lot of extra time in lockdown right now um take the opportunity to listen to to a bit about what we're going to say excellent so i'm going to set the scene um because there's probably some people who are listening that are thinking that i'm about to sound off at the nhs and uh have a go at people who've been doing some stellar work over the last well not just the last 10 months i'm sure they've been doing good work for a lot longer than that the nhs has been around since fuck knows when uh, a long time i should know that i used i used to work within the nhs i should know what the fucking when it started but um but no, this isn't this isn't us having a dig at the nhs but we're going to highlight some of the challenges that make people's lives so difficult when they decide they want to get fit and healthy not least because the fact if you go to the nhs website and you're looking at fat loss um the advice that they give is is questionable i understand the reasons why that they perhaps give the advice that they do but it doesn't make it right so if we take a slight step back and we look at the covid situation for example there are something like 48% of the UK's population fall into the overweight or obese category, which puts them more than 50% at, at more than 50% higher risk of catching COVID-19. So a big chunk of the UK's population are more at risk of catching a virus that's meant everybody's had to stay at home than the rest of the population so, and the biggest challenge you have is if people look at that and go okay we, we have an obese 
obesity issue in the UK that needs to be addressed in terms of the general public health, you then have to start to branch out and see, well, what are the messages that the, that the government are giving out? What's the NHS saying in terms of how to tackle this? Because ultimately it's the NHS that's being overrun um, at the moment with COVID cases and the majority of which are obviously people who fall into the at-risk category of which a massive chunk of them are in that category purely because of their weight. And I actually, I, I, someone and I were chatting about this just uh, before we jumped on, I actually wrote a letter to, uh, to Boris Johnson during the last full national lockdown, sort of almost this time last year, when he announced the government's approach to tackling obesity. And my letter was, was very polite, but basically told him his ideas were shit. Um, because if you go on the government website or you go on the NHS website, the approach to tackling obesity is, and to use a, an analogy I use quite a lot, is effectively it's picking a, a plaster, a sticking plaster to try and cover an axe wound. The reason why people become obese is because they have a very poor general understanding of their body's caloric needs in comparison to how much they move people are quite sedentary in general um as a as a population we have become more sedentary everything's more about convenience you've only got to look at the, the advancements in technology it's all about having everything you need at your fingertips rather than having to physically go and get stuff um, and that's just created a bit of a, a lazy culture which when you couple that with a basic lack of understanding in terms of being able to manage not just the amount of calories that you're eating, but knowing how many calories you should be eating. It's basically causing people to become obese because they just don't know. And the best way to approach that and to deal with it would be to educate people on the principles behind why we become obese and how we become less obese and ultimately lose body fat. But instead of that, the government's approach is to basically ship everybody off who is obese that wants to lose weight to one of the two biggest fat loss cults that there are out there. And I, I did use the word cult. Um, if you're on my email list, I referred to it as something slightly different in my email yesterday. Uh, when I spoke about this, I believe I referenced the two companies we're going to talk about in great length as uh, equivalents to concentration camps from world war two. Um, and I'm not ashamed to say I did that because the companies that we're talking about are Slimming World and Weight Watchers. Now, there's a number of people who are probably listening to this who are going to be like, oh, I've done Slimming World and I lost, I lost X amount of weight. And that's fine. I'm not saying these companies don't work. I'm saying ethically they're cunts and the way that they go about it and the information that they put out is fucking diabolical. And for the government to push people who are most desperate to drop weight into these regimes is showing a complete disregard for people's underlying health and we're going to dig right into exactly why um now so if i, I i'm conscious that i've spoken a little bit and i've uh, already thrown out some strong opinions so i'm gonna let <laughs> someone take over just for a minute and we're gonna really dig into so if we start with let's start with slimming world in general We'll do that one. We'll touch upon Weight Watchers. It's very similar. And then the last bit I want us to speak about is the 800-calorie diet um, that also gets positioned because I've got some very good points on that as well. So if we start with Slimming World, I'm going to hand over to Summer. We're going to do this 
uh, we, we, we're just going to go all in, basically. Um, yeah. We're not going to hold back and we're going to try and get as much positive information across as possible. So, Summer, Slimming World, what's your... Yeah. Uh, where are you at with so, it? So, Slimming World, I've spoken to a lot of people that have done Slimming World and the the constant the constant thing that I'm getting is I did it, I lost all the weight, but now I'm back to where I started or even worse than where I started. And, you know, if it just happened once or twice, I would have thought, okay, yeah, maybe. But on a consistent basis, I'm getting the same outcome. So I thought, right, I'll go and do a bit of research. So I've done a fair amount of research into Slimming World and how it works. I think being in this industry, you do. And there's a couple of issues with it, which I think we're going to go into in a bit more detail. So my probably main pet hate with it is the public shaming of your weight each week. So I'm a coach that I don't necessarily like even weighing my girls weekly. Sometimes like some girls we weigh monthly, some girls we don't weigh at all because there's a lot of, especially women in the UK that have a really negative uh, mindset when it comes to the scales and have an emotional connection with the number and I think Slimming World plays on that far more than than I ever would so I'm not entirely sure why they've based this whole system around weight 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 and you get you get fucking things to stick on your fridge when you lose a certain amount of weight we're not at school like this is about how you feel and as somebody who I have put on the best part of 10 kilograms to to get to a healthy weight I find it soul destroying that we're going to sit in a circle and and shame each other about what weight we've lost and sit there clapping when somebody's bloody just gone to the toilet and hasn't eaten for two days and we go oh well done Sandra that's great like I I really really winds me up only because I know how much that can affect somebody's mental and in times especially like now we just don't we don't need anything else um to to affect our mental health so that's probably the first one i just think you know the the female body and i'm going mainly on to females just because in my experience i work with mainly women so it's mainly women that, that i speak to and maybe paul might have um a slightly different perspective from the from the male side as well but our anatomy means that on a weekly basis we change in terms of weight in terms of the water retention hormone levels you know when uh we're due on our periods it means that we need to have a little bit more food each week now slimming world doesn't account for that you've come on you've put on two pounds which is just your body holding water because it needs it and you're you're stood there and shamed you're already an emotional mess from being on and now you're being shamed by the 10 other people in the group that have all lost this week and that that is one thing that really upsets me about the cult. Everything else aside, that's one thing that I think I just don't understand why it's necessary. Um, you know, we don't, why can't it be photos or how you feel or dress sizes? Again, I'm slightly more lenient with dress sizes. I think it, it does feel great to, to obviously feel great in your clothes. But yeah, the public shaming is one thing that I can't get over. Um, on that as well, like you've touched upon it because obviously you work quite, not exclusively, but mostly with women. My experience in terms of people I've worked with who've done Slimming World is that, and again, this, it's not going to be an exact rule of thumb, but the majority of people who do Slimming World and Weight Watchers 
are women and genetically women's everybody's weight will fluctuate there's a lot of things that impact our weight day to day and our body weight is not exclusively how much body fat we have it's how much water is in our system it's how much food is in our system it's our muscle mass our bone density our organs like literally everything that makes us fully function and live will play a factor on our weight and you can manipulate your weight as you quite literally said you could quite happily not eat for two days drink a massive coffee take a few laxatives and do the biggest shit possible five minutes before you go in and guess what you've lost a few pounds you've not lost any fat you've just cleared your body of some stuff that's going to weigh a little bit it's a bit like if you're on a on a boat and you've got too much shit on the boat and it's about to sink and you just chuck a few bits overboard guess what you stay afloat a little bit more it's the same kind of principle <laughs> Um, but the trouble is, is women's weight will fluctuate an awful lot more because, again, as you quite rightly said, depending on the stage of their cycle, depends on how much their body is holding on to in terms of water and hormone levels and all of these things that will play havoc with the scale. So I'm, I'm the same as you. I don't get my clients to weigh themselves um, any more than once a month. And that's just so that we can see a downward trend. I'm not too worried about anything else um from that perspective i get people to track things like measurements how they look how they feel progress photos that kind of stuff um but if you're going to sit in a room full of people and you're using one metric for success and it's the metric that is going to fluctuate the most and but you're then going to actively shame people on that particularly when the majority of the people there and your target audience falls into the gender category that are going to fluctuate the most it's basically just setting people up to create the most unhealthy relationship with both themselves and the scales, because the minute they don't see a small amount of weight drop, that's it. You've had a shit week. You failed. And you have to do that in front of your peers. Um, I mean, for anyone who's ever lost weight, you'll, you, you'll know, particularly if you've lost a decent amount, it doesn't come off consistently each week, the same amount. Like it, it it's all over the place. You know, you'll lose a bit this week, nothing the next week. You might put a little bit on a week. You then lose loads. You then don't, and it jumps all over the place, but you get a downward trend over a period of say six months. Um, and, and people massively overlook how important it is to have weeks where you just maintain, like not losing weight for a week or two weeks or three weeks. Isn't is that's not even having a plateau. That's just part of the process of taking a sustainable approach to fat loss. Yet you go to somewhere like slimming world where you should be, like you, sh you should be made to feel great if you manage to maintain over a period of weeks. Yet you're not. You're 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 persecuted in front of a group full of people because you've not dropped a, a pound. Like it's 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 actual it's actual bullshit. Like it it, it frustrates me so much. Um, and, and we haven't even got into the the more scientific reasons for why it's actual bullshit in general but um just from a, an ethical perspective like groups like this if, if you're being pushed towards it by the nhs by the government should be there to support and educate people and not not basically use really flawed outdated metrics to make to, to shame people into trying harder and that's basically what they do every week you lose a little bit you get a little pat on the back and you've done really well and you get the certificates to put on your fridge and if you lose a certain amount of weight you get asked to be become a leader yourself because you're obviously so good at it. um yeah if you don't that's it you're fucking fat shamed in front of a group of people in the hope that 
that negativity spurs you on to not go through it again, despite the fact that actually you can be as consistent as you fucking want. You cannot guarantee you're going to drop weight week on week. So yeah, that's certainly um, one of the biggest issues with, uh, with our friends at, at Slimming World. But, um, obviously Definitely. That... Yeah, but we haven't addressed, we haven't addressed the other issue, which, which I think we're going to lead on to, which I don't mind kind of kicking off um, with, which is the, <laughs> the food situation, the way that we measure um, what we're eating on a daily basis. Now, in my eyes, it's just keeping you as far away from the actual answer as, as they can. So the answer is a calorie deficit and they've labeled it as something entirely different to almost throw you off track so that you'll never be able or uh, have the knowledge to leave, um, to leave Slimming World. So calling foods free foods, sins, I mean, Sin has never been a good word. Whether you spell it with a Y or an I, a sin doesn't sound like something good. And that then comes back to, I feel as though we're labeling foods good and bad, which is something that I preach every single day that we should not be doing. Um, and that, that's something that I can't quite get my head around is how we've almost brainwashed these people into thinking that Slimming World have got this magic recipe for fat loss or for weight loss when actually all we've done is just relabel things and aside from the sins I mean free foods okay so you're telling me I can eat as much pasta as I want every single day well you and I know that if we did eat four five six hundred grams of pasta before we went to bed we're not going to lose weight and that i just feel like there's absolutely no science behind it it's not been backed like i, I actually posed this question to paul before we before we hopped on the call to say how how do they calculate sins because honestly i i had no idea and essentially you'd be more used getting a crystal ball out and deciding what the sins are because there's no evidence base as to why one thing is four sins and another thing is seven. And Paul, you actually mentioned something really interesting about the breakfast um, yeah. kind of analogy, if you want to go for that. Yeah, so, um, so if you're on Slimming World, uh, you can actually have a cooked breakfast, sausage, bacon, eggs and the likes. And that works out at about four sins which doesn't sound too bad, particularly if you've got, say, like, I don't know how many sins you're supposed to have during the day, probably like 15. Uh, but the average cooked breakfast, let's not forget from a strictly scientific perspective, which according to Slimming World, you don't need to worry about, is going to be probably around the 1,000 calorie to 1,500 calorie mark, possibly more, depending on how much you eat and how you cook it. Whereas the humble avocado, if you were to have half of one of those, that would be a full seven sins. Um, if you were to then smash that up and put it onto toast, you'd probably be topping out at eight or nine sins for your smashed up on toast, which if you take to Instagram or go to any healthy eating cafe, the smashed avo on toast is labelled as one of the, uh, the go-to healthy breakfasts of the world. But Slimming World have other ideas. They think that that is worse than a cooked breakfast. So you're probably 400 calorie smashed avo on toast is worse than the 1500 calorie 
cooked breakfast and th- this is where I, I i could probably talk for months about how bullshit it is. when it comes to the notion of creating sins is it, from what i gather it's plucked out of the air there was a brand of yogurts that for years were sin free and then one day despite there being no change to the recipe packaging label name or anything living well decided they were now two sins um which makes you wonder how the fuck they work this shit out um but basically if you've got an organization who are creating a food scoring system of good and bad as summer said that instantly plays into the realms of disordered eating creating negative connotations negative emotions when you have certain things which will then lead to extreme restriction which will then most likely lead to extreme binging because let's face it if you completely remove something you like you will do it for a time and then you'll cave in and you're more likely to go overboard because of the amount of restriction that you've had but then you've also got the the fact that you look at the foods that they deem to be sin free this then gives the understanding that you can eat as much of it as you want which we know isn't the case because every food has got calories in it and even if you look at something that's as low calorie if you were to go and eat a thousand calories more than you were supposed to eat of lettuce alone you're still going to gain body fat like it's going to be hard to eat a thousand calories more than your maintenance calories of just lettuce granted but ultimately if you do that you're still going to gain body fat because you're going to be taking more calories in than you're burning so to give people the impression that they can go and eat as much as they like of certain things particularly pasta is fucking mind-blowing and i've genuinely had conversations with people before who have done slimming world and have lost weight at the start and have then ended up not losing anything for a long period of time and I've genuinely had people say to me that they follow Slimming World to the T and they do really well with it. And what they like about it is they can have there's certain things they can have as much of as they like. And I've had people say to me who are who are obese um, that it, it's not uncommon for them to eat an entire packet of pasta, an entire packet of spaghetti, like a 700 gram packet of spaghetti in a day and you sit there and you think hold on a minute 75 grams is your average recommended serving and that's probably a couple of hundred calories and you're having the entire packet so you're having 10 servings if we're talking a couple of hundred a couple of hundred calories for one serving you're having 10 of them so you've had about 2,000 calories just from that pasta and then you would have gone and probably had three meals throughout the day anyway because you've been following whatever bullshit plan they give you despite the fact that you've just done probably all of your daily calories and some in pasta alone. So it just completely gives people the wrong idea, the wrong impression as to how they should be eating. And let's face it, the people who are going to Slimming World are often the people who need the most help because they have the least understanding. So telling them they can eat as much as they want of certain things isn't going to help because naturally they tend to overeat as it is. If you say to them, actually this stuff, have as much of it as you like, they will take it to the extremes. And it just baffles me. And then you have obviously the real cunty side of the, uh, the equation where most of the sin-free food is funnily enough, slimming well branded food. 
what a fucking shock that isn't that you can eat as much of you like as the stuff that directly lines their pockets if the 30 quid a month you pay to go and sit in a room and be fat shamed week on week isn't enough of your fucking hard-earned money the cunts are then also trying to sell you their branded stuff labeling most of it as sin free eat as much as you like it's an absolute shit show um, and I'm not holding back because ultimately this is an industry that I work in and my job as a coach is to educate people on how to become healthier, how to be more active, how to improve their lives by making small changes that over an extended period of time add up to big results that they can hang on to. I'm not here trying to offer a quick fix that will get you some rapid results in the first few weeks so that you think it's the best thing since sliced bread, but ultimately you can't stick to. So you quit, you go back to normal, whatever normal is. And I can tell you what normal is for most people. It's overeating. Um, only to put it all back on again and decide, oh, I'll do what, I, what worked last time and I'll do Slimming World again. No, it didn't actually work last time because you learned fuck all from it. And you couldn't stick to it. So this is my biggest bugbear that we have our health service, which is a fucking brilliant service. We have our government, which enough said about that. This isn't a political podcast. <laughs> no. But you have these two major organisations who control and dictate an awful lot about what information gets put out there. And with something as important as fat loss, they are directing people to organisations who are purely in it for the financial gain and want to keep those who pay them their money at arm's length from the truth. And I think it, it, it saddens me that we have an industry that's full of absolute cunts trying to make a quick buck by selling any number of shit products that's saturated by fucking influencers or influencers, if you will, um, trying to sell their fucking kidneys just to, make a quick few grand off an ad on social media. And then the places that should be offering the best advice, i.e. government website, NHS, are pointing people directly in the arms of, in my eyes, the equivalent of Hitler and his fucking army, who are just going to lead you to a gas chamber and slowly kill you. Um, if not literally by making you, eat endless amounts of pasta until you realize that that's not sustainable and you're going to die from obesity but also perhaps from the fact that they're going to make you eat a fuckload of their branded food which probably tastes like ass and is ground up sawdust and will just fuck your insides and, and you won't be able to poo so yeah not a big fan of it personally the slimming world and weight watchers is <laughs> don't get that vibe no not, not getting it maybe i'm going to be too quiet and start yeah. to a little bit but yeah, that for me, that those two things that we've touched upon, the, the fat shaming, which they, they 100% do, and the just complete disregard for actually working with people in a scientific and evidence-backed way is baffling. And, and again, just to emphasise this point, I, I meant to say at the start, and I, I, I think I started calling them a cunt a bit too early and I forgot to say it. Um, there's like 8 billion people in the planet and no two people are the same, even twins. Everybody is completely fucking unique, which means if you want to lose body fat, you need a completely fucking unique approach to it. The principle is the same. You need to be in a calorie deficit, but every single person will require a different amount of calories. 
And if you're sending people to an organization that does not calculate anything for any individual and is trying to use a one size fits all approach, it's just never going to last long term. Nothing is ever one size fits all. Believe me, I, I, I struggle to buy hats that fit because I have an unusually small head. Rages <laughs> me. Hats for kids, too small. Hats for adults, way too big. I've got, two, I have two, two snapbacks. The only two hats I've ever found that fit my head. <laughs> One size does not fit all. And it's exactly the same with fucking calories. There is no magic bullet. There is no, if you just do this, you will get results. What you actually need is to be in a calorie deficit and that is unique to you as an individual. So if, you, if you're ever pushed down a route where that you're not calculating your own caloric requirements and you're not managing and tracking your own caloric intake, don't expect it to last long term. You might get results to begin with, but there will come a point where it levels out. And I've lost count of the amount of conversations I've had with people doing Slimming World, most of whom are leaders of Slimming World groups now who have said they did really, really well, but the minute they stopped, it all went back on. Or they did really, really well, and then it just stopped working. And, I, and, and the reason why is because they're not working out how many calories they should be eating and learning how to manage that intake. All they're fucking doing is following a flawed system, getting to a point where they're no longer in a deficit or they're fucking going all in on things like pasta and they're not in a deficit in the first place at all. So yeah, it's fucking madness. Absolute joke. I think these, these organizations are designed to keep you in, right? Like you're paying 30 pound a month. Now they want that 30 pounds in a year, two years, five year time, which is, again, leading back to why they keep your arm's length from what you actually need to know is because if, if they were up front and said, look, you need to be, this is how many calories you need, try and hit this protein, drink your water, train like this, whatever. No one would have any need for companies like that. That is the, that is the truth. Nobody would need to go to them. So, they want to you know, dependency on their products and they trade, no. the trade off of the, the confidence they know that, People won't learn why they've lost the weight so that the minute they stop and go back to what they consider normal, it'll all go back on. And then they'll, they'll remember that the last time they had any success, it was by, with slimming world. by doing them. So they'll just keep coming back time and time again. And it's, that is, that is not the approach of someone who has your best interests at heart. The approach of someone who's got your best interest at heart is to actually educate you on how to change your fucking life. Not, yeah not to teach you a method that you can become unhealthily dependent on. Yeah. And I think it becomes also a mindset, a mindset thing that again, it creates an unrealistic expectation that you should drop weight every week and that you should progress really quickly because the ones that progress the quickest are applauded and awarded bloody certificates. And I've had a few girls come to me and say, oh, you know, they're kind of a couple of weeks into coaching and they might be like, oh, you know, um, I'd, like, I'm struggling to hit the calories. And I'm, I think, I've, well, I've only set you, like not a lot for, for really, for women. I think what, it's just a normal amount of calories. I said, oh yeah, but when I was on Slimming World, I felt like I wasn't eating this much food and, you know, the weight was just falling off. And I said, you know, I understand that, but why are you back in the position 
now it's because you didn't know you weren't educated on how you lost the weight initially so now you've just gone back and yeah. it's sad that we still yeah this day and age as we touched on earlier that it's still allowing it to happen yeah definitely and, and again you've you've hit on a really good point there is the fact that again things like slim world don't educate people on the difference between food quantity and calorie quantity if you like and and that you can feel like you're not eating a lot of food but still be getting a lot of calories um and that's again it's something i hear all the time from people is is this this notion of oh i, I don't eat that much and it's like no we you might not physically be putting a lot of food into your mouth but even still if you're again if you're if your calorie requirements picking arbitrary figures out of the air are two thousand calories per day is what you need to be eating for for maintenance if you're getting 1500 of those calories from eating two donuts a day again probably be quite big donuts but you're probably not going to feel like you've eaten that much and it doesn't leave a lot of room for anything else. Whereas if you're looking at it and go, right, I've got 2000 calories a day. I could eat 500 calorie meals four times a day. Suddenly you're going to be like, fuck, that's loads of food. And, and this is, again, something that doesn't educate people on. There is a distinct difference between food quantity and calorie quantity. And that you can either eat a, a lot of food for low calories. And you can do the complete opposite and eat very little food and take on a fuckload of calories. Um, and and they just they they play they play on that lack of understanding and and a lot of the stuff that they label as sin free probably isn't very low calorie at all. I mean, some of the I, I once went through a list of all of their sin free foods, their own branded Scotch eggs, Scotch eggs, an egg wrapped in meat, covered in breadcrumbs and fried, sin free, ridiculous. Um, and, and and you sit there and you think again like obviously using the pasta that we spoke about like pasta again fine to have pasta but to encourage people to eat as much of it as they like if you go and do i mean 700 grams of it a day there you ain't got a hope in hell's chance of staying in a fucking deficit and you're yet you'll be sat there thinking you're doing well um and and that's that is what frustrates me the most is that people come away from doing this type of approach and a they have no idea how it worked and b they have no idea how to apply the principles to their life so they can hold on to any any results and i i the, the elephant in the room that we we mentioned right at the start and we haven't actually addressed in any great detail is the fact that the government and the nhs are pushing people towards slim world and weight watches where the people who run these groups have zero qualification, zero training. They are completely unregulated. Their only qualification is that they used to be very, that they did Slimming World or Weight Watchers for a while and became a lot less fat. They couldn't tell you how other than they did Slimming World, but they've got enough certificates that they now stand at the front of the room. And I don't even want to use the word coach because it's not coaching, but they stand at the front of the room and they not even leading that they, they just stand there and they get, and they, they run, a, they run a group. And what, what, what annoys me is that a group environment like that group coaching, creating a community has the power to be 
probably one of the best approaches to helping people tackle the underlying issues as to why why they've ended up being overweight or obese you could create an environment that is safe for people to share when they're struggling to share ideas to go through what's worked in the past and tackle all of the underlying issues that there are in the the fitness industry to help people stay on track and to learn what they need to do but instead they're just misleading people and they've got someone who has literally unqualified stood at the front of the room giving advice now i can't think of too many other industries where that would be okay i would be mortified for example if our world leaders went to like a global summit to discuss climate change and the person leading it is someone who once used to fucking burn oil like it was going out of fashion and have now just cut down on it a little bit and they're like oh i used to i used to be really bad for burning fossil fuels now i don't burn so much we should all try that no you like anything of importance anyone who's giving advice as to how to make substantial changes that impact our lives and our health should be fucking qualified at the bare minimum so if the government are going to direct people towards groups to help combat obesity at least make sure that the people giving out the information know what they're fucking talking about i feel like we've i feel like we've we've tackled slimming world yeah i thought there's not much else to say on that yeah they're just cunts basically so this brings us on to the only other thing that you get recommended and again this is i I'm all for it and I'm all against it in equal measure and I'll explain why. So if you go to the doctor and you are at high risk of developing type 2 diabetes, and for those of you who aren't sure of the difference between type 2 and type 1, type 1 is basically a condition that you're born with. It's, it, it can't really be helped. It's just something you have and you have to manage it. Type 2 is purely lifestyle driven and you, through an inactive lifestyle where you consume too many calories you can basically create a, a situation where your body is insulin uh, resistant and therefore you end up developing diabetes but you can also reverse it so at the point where you're kind of at risk and you're teetering on the edge even if you do become type 2 diabetic through lifestyle and diet change you can reverse it you can help your body get back to a an even keel and if you are right on the edge i can understand why there would be a push from the nhs from the government to do something like the 800 calorie diet which is effectively where for 12 weeks you eat 800 calories a day and that is because it puts you in such an extreme deficit for a shorter window of time that you can drop quite a large amount of weight to take you away from the at-risk factor and it it sort of does a bit of a reset for your body. I don't like using the phrase reset because it technically isn't really resetting anything. You're just putting yourself through an extreme caloric restriction for a period of time so that you can drop enough weight so that you're no longer at risk. The trouble is, is again, it's a very short term quick fix for a long term problem. And the reason why people end up on the brink of type two diabetes is because for too long, they've been too lazy and eaten too much. So getting them to restrict their calories and follow a meal plan for 12 weeks is great. But what do they do when they get to the end of it? Nine times out of 10, they get sent to our friend Slimming World. And I think we've covered why that's shit. Um, or they just go back to normal. And within the next three months, they're back to being 
at risk again. So I can understand why if somebody needs drastic intervention, doing something very unsustainable, very drastic, like an 800 calorie diet would work and it does work and it has a place. But I feel like, again, I don't know whether it's the fitness industry that needs to take this on or whether it's the health industry, the NHS, the government that needs to take this on. They need to let people know that this is a very short term rapid fix and that they need to actually then learn understand all about energy balance all the stuff that we've just slimming world so that when you get to the end of that 12 weeks you can go cool i put myself in a better position i'm, I'm less at risk i now need to change my life in a more sustainable long-term manner um and there's a big part of me that thinks actually we should cut out the middleman and be like no fuck it the approach should be you're at risk of type two diabetes. If you don't change your life, go to a fucking professional and learn how to change your life, make it slightly harder, but in the long run, better off. Or do we keep with the, look, we're going to push you into this funnel really quickly, get some very rapid results, but off the back of it, you then need to become better at this shit. And then at that point, they should be pushed to, to industry professionals, not dickheads called Sandra, who's going to make you feel shit because you, forgot to go for a poo before your meeting <laughs> yeah the 800 calorie diet again type 2 diabetics or on on the brink of absolutely i think as a short-term fix the backlash of you doing 800 calories for two months far like it far outweighs obviously having type 2 diabetes so i'm i'm kind of on board with it for that but I think glorifying such a low calorie diet is dangerous. Um, you know, people that have had issues with eating and relationships with food in the past only takes them to pop on the NHS website and see something like that and be like, oh, that's the answer to that's the answer to to losing weight. And I think for just normal overweight people that aren't quite at the at the point of of developing type two need to look at other options. I don't think it's a long-term um, effective approach. I think it's going to make you feel like shit. You're not going to be able to perform very well on it. Uh, you'll likely lose your relationship with all your close friends and family because I don't imagine you're going to be terribly uh, energetic or, or positive um, when on that low calories. So you know, you and I know what it's like to be on prep calories, which are still a lot more than 800 and you feel absolutely terrible. So I, I, felt like I can't imagine. Calories, so. I can't imagine. Yeah. I'm Definitely not. So yeah, I'm, I don't agree with it for, for any other reason. I yeah. think it's just it's just ridiculously restrictive i don't there's abs there's no need for it and again it's glorifying the short-term success when actually what they need to be saying is let's look at what the result from this is going to be in a year's time because if you take it slow and sustainable the likelihood is you're going to have lost weight and kept it off 12 months down the line you're doing this 800 calorie diet for two months i can guarantee you you're probably still going to be quite as uh, almost just as heavy in the next 12 months because you've learned absolutely nothing. You've just under eaten for two months. Yeah. And that's, that's the issue that I have with it is I think it's a very, very, very short term approach. And unless it was for health reasons, I wouldn't, 
wouldn't advocate it. Yeah, and I think I agree with you there. That where I struggle with it is, I think that as I said, there's a, there's a time and there's a place, and I think in extreme cases it, it helps as that immediate shit. We've got to do something. We've got to do something quickly. But yeah, and your calorie diet soared to fame last year in a year that was already pretty fucking shit by being on a it was either a BBC or an ITV documentary about the fucking diet so you're then going to have people who aren't at risk of diabetes who are a bit overweight to keep it off because they keep choosing shit unsustainable approaches watching a documentary where they're glorifying eating 800 calories a day yeah that's a sustainable approach and i'm completely with you on the on the point that you made in terms of viewing where are you going to be in a year's time after doing it and before you do any diet not just the 800 calorie diet, but before you do any diet, you look at the method you're considering and ask yourself, am I going to enjoy this? Can I see myself doing it in 12 months time? In a year from now, can I still see myself doing this? And be honest at that point, because if you honestly can't, then there is no point doing it because quick fix, quick fix after quick fix after quick fix is just going to lead you to basically the majority of your life in the condition that you're in now and statistically the majority of people who lose a lot of weight put it all back on plus some within 12 months of losing it and that is because no, there is nobody educating people from a nhs perspective from a, a wider media perspective on the fact that you need to be eating the right amount of calories for the amount of calories that you burn and that doesn't change just because you've lost body fat and you no longer need a deficit. It's not like you can just suddenly go, I don't need to worry about my calories anymore. But you still need to be balancing what you're eating with what you're burning. Like that requirement never goes away. But people aren't told this. All they're done, all that happens is they're just shown endless fucking pictures in the basically safe in the knowledge that they're going to do one for a few weeks or a couple of months, get some great results. They're then going to put it all back on again, end up being overweight and miserable and go, I need to do something. I'll just do the next fix. And you just go through an ever, a never ending cycle of, oh, I've been good for two months. I'm now fat again. I've been good for two months. I'm now fat again. And actually it's just not addressing the underlying issues that people don't understand how many calories they should be eating and how to fucking track it. And it is as simple as that when it comes to being healthy and not killing yourself, it literally comes from making sure the amount of calories you eat are equal to what you burn if you want to maintain, are less than what you burn if you want to drop fat, or are a fraction more than what you burn if you want to put a bit of weight on. And there's no getting away from that. And I think, again, from a, a government perspective, stepping away from the fitness industry, but from a general health perspective, if, if, if the government genuinely wants to tackle the obesity issue and want to put public health first, they need to start putting out messaging that's conducive to that approach where they're educating people on what they need to be doing rather than just being like, oh, someone else is fat, go and do something for a few weeks, that should sort it. Like, it's, this isn't a fire and forget, this isn't just a, oh, like, yeah, just go and join that queue over there and you'll be fine. Like, and just shipping people off. This, if they want to address the issue, they need to start actually educating people on the shit that is important and that they can apply long term. Um, and hopefully that's 
something that you know we we can establish and we can do through this this podcast and hopefully today's episode has helped dispel some of the the myths because i'll be honest i'm i i've lost count of the number of slimming world group leaders that have come to me to coach them because they haven't been able to maintain their success but they feel like they need to look a certain way because they're leading a group of people who are looking at them for inspiration I've also lost count of the amount of people who've come to me after doing Slim World that have said, I did really great, but I couldn't keep it. Or it was good at the start and then it stopped. And I think if, if people are being pushed down that route by GPs or by the government or whoever, they should at least be pushed to a method that they're going to be able to stick to and that's going to actually address the issue at hand. And that's that they don't know how much calories to eat compared to how much they move. So... Yeah, if you're, if you're, yeah. I was gonna say, if you're listening to and you're sat there and you're thinking, I, think you something, um, I don't care if it's me that you work with, or if it's another, another coach, summer, whether it's some of the industry leaders out there, some of the biggest names of the biggest followers, I don't care who it is, just make sure that your next approach when it comes to fat loss, you're actually putting the time and the effort in to learn what you're doing and you're taking a more long-term sustainable approach to it like the new year new me approach is all well and good if you intend to genuinely take the entire year to create a new better version of you if you're looking at it it's now 2021 i'm going to give myself the first six weeks to do something ridiculous like drinking apple three times a day just to drop a few a few kilos so that by march you've put it all back on it that's not a new year, new year. That's a new year, same old fucking shit, bullshit, fucking retarded approach. And that's not going to work out for you. So just, if you're listening to this, I don't, it, like I said, I don't care if it's me that you come to or if it's somebody else, just make sure that if you want to drop body fat, you, you do what you need to do for yourself and you take the time to learn and you educate yourself and you actually make a commitment to yourself to do it properly rather than trying to reach for the next fucking fad that's going to be coming out in a book <laughs> available for 10 in tesco's cool so i yeah. i unless you've got anything more to add no i think we i literally think we've covered it all i think we've I think we've done the, the health industry this time. I think we've done yeah, it. Definitely. And, and hopefully again, like I said, at the start, this is not a, this is not a jab or a jibe or a cheap shot at the NHS because they are doing an incredible job. It's more a simple fact mm -hmm. trying to help people understand that a lot of the information out there is unfortunately misleading and that the best approach when you want to get healthier and more active and fitter and less likely to die early is to take a more long-term sustainable approach and address the underlying issue um for one more analogy because let's face it i love an analogy and it has nothing to do with the fact that you can't have analogies without anal um it's that if you if you look at say your bathroom and you've got a flood in your bathroom because you have a pipe that's leaking and it's, the, the water is flooded everywhere. A 
quick fix would be to get a bucket and to keep emptying it out the window, which would bring the amount of water in your bathroom down, but ultimately there's still the hole in the pipe, so it's still going to keep filling up. That, in essence, is taking a short-term quick fix with fat loss. What you're effectively doing is trying to lessen the damage that's uh, of the underlying problem what you should be trying to do is fix the hole in the pipe because there's no point removing the water from the room if it's still going to be squirting in there from somewhere if you can block the hole in the pipe and stop the leak you can then empty the water from the room and you won't have any issues and that's what i think people should be striving to do address the underlying issue the problem is not that you've got water in the room the problem is that you've got a hole in the pipe fix that and your problem goes away um and that's what we should be trying to do. If you are in a situation where you're overweight, you're obese, you're unhappy with how you look and you want to improve it, then you really need to start with the basics and you need to address the fact that at the moment, as harsh as it sounds, you have a pretty piss poor understanding when it comes to your caloric intake versus what you expend. And if you can tackle those two things by improving your diet, reducing your calorie intake, and hopefully burning a few more by being a bit more active, that is going to serve you in much better stead long-term than any Slimming World group, uh, any microwave Weight Watchers meal, any 800 or any other bullshit that you approach uh, to try and help you. So hopefully that's given people some insight. It's hopefully uh, provided some entertainment and some strong opinions no doubt but um yeah if you have any questions uh, or anything you'd like us to discuss on future episodes then do drop us a message if you want to give us a follow on the social media i am at paulandrews.fitness summer you are at uh, yes at summer training um and yeah reach out to us let us know what you want us to discuss next or if you want help then definitely reach out to us because at least you know we're not going to give you some utter dross and bollocks and make <laughs> you have gained a pound one week so uh so yeah there we have it thank you for listening that's all for me i'm going to shut up i feel like i've spoken enough summer if you <laughs> no you're good yes and we will see you next week on the episode as paul said just reiterating um yeah if you have any questions or any subjects topics that you want us to go through in future episodes then just drop us a message Excellent. Thanks for listening, guys, and we will see you next week. Goodbye.